fourth and final hour. Darren, Donick, and Chase here at Centennial Sportsplex as the glasses starting for the first time today become, uh, we're getting a visual. Mm. We can actually see. A little bit of an, a visual I can of see. the ice. Now that practice is over, you know, it, the fog <laughs> Great timing. Fogged up for practice, unfogged or halfway unfogged, practice is over. If you play in the vodka league, you're usually fogged up for practice, mm. so it's good. Yeah. It can get a little foggy. <laughs> it can get a little foggy in a vodka league. No doubt about it. Uh, we are hoping to uh, hopefully talk to a player here soon. Also, um, Derek Mason, as they recorded their first victory of the season, and they are off to Oxford, Mississippi, to take on Ole Miss. Did you guys watch Ole Miss at all against Alabama? A little, yeah. Did not. I watched a little bit of it. We were out in the heat at a baseball field. Uh, I got back from the heat of, of the baseball field. We had the two early games, so I got back in time to watch uh, that game. Interesting move that Ole Miss made, and I guess they have not really um, announced what they're going to do uh, this week at quarterback. They they brought Corral, right, a redshirt freshman, two SEC media days, and then they sort of shocked everybody by uh, going to this other guy. Now, I, I get confused. I have a brother whose name is Reese, R-H-Y-S. So this guy spells it the same way, but they call him Rice? Correct. And hey, what's it, what's his full name? John nice. Rice Plumley. It's like John you're, Rice it's Plumley. like you're picking pieces of an Ole Miss quarterback out of a hat. You took three pieces. Hey, so Max, help me on this. Sounds like a country He's, singer. John Rice Plumley is a baseball player. Correct. Seems like everybody on this team is a freshman baseball player on the football they have two team. Two of them. Their running back is right? too. Yeah. And they this kid comes out there and runs the ball 24 or 25 times against Alabama and ran for over 100 yards, correct? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe so. Yeah. They, they had some success. They came at Alabama, and they they kept it very simple, but they were basically saying, we're not going to throw it as very much. They had their moments of success. But I guess there's still mystery of whether they're going to stick with this or go back to to corral but it is a it's a huge game for both teams because both are playing that game of uh, Ole Miss is now eligible to go back to a bowl game they would really like to hit that number they know in the SEC West their opportunities are slim so this is a massive game for them it's at home they're favored but the same same kind of importance for Vanderbilt and they're going to have to play better than they played on Saturday if they're going to win down there remember what happened last year too I'm sure there's going to be some motivation for Ole Miss because it was such a tight game, kind of a controversial ending, the overtime, uh, to try to set the set the record straight there from Ole Miss's perspective. So Vanderbilt's going to have to play very well to win this game. And if they don't, they're going to have to have a service break somewhere down the road if they're going to get to six, right? At least one service oh, yeah. break. No they got, doubt. You've got to come up with three league wins no matter what. Well, I mean, you're going to get UNLV because they stink. But you got Ole Miss, Missouri at home, at, at South Carolina, Tough. at Florida, Kentucky at home, ETSU, and at Tennessee. So ETSU and UNLV. So you got three wins. Now you got to find three more. You gotta, and they're in all that bunch. The, they're all SEC. Right, in that go. bunch. Where, where are they? Right? That's a good question. And I, I think Tennessee's asking the same question. Ole Miss is asking Ole Miss that question. Ole Miss has got two wins. Kentucky's asking that question. Now they've already beat Arkansas. At least they have a conference win and a win in the west but they have vanderbilt 
They've got Missouri on the road, home against A&M, at Auburn, New Mexico State, that's a win. LSU and at Mississippi State, you tell me where they get to six. They got well, some that, work. That's why this that, is this game is really why, critical for them. That's what that's where I'm getting at. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you, however you skin the cat, I mean, right? It's so you you know you're going to get New Mexico State, but when you're talking about A and M and at Auburn and LSU and at Mississippi State and at Missouri, that's I mean, in this Vanderbilt game and New Mexico State, you get the, you get those two. That's just four. You got to find some more wins. In, uh, I mean, so I, I honestly, the way I look at it and look at the schedule, if Ole Miss doesn't win this, they're they're not getting into a, they're not going to a bowl game. They're not getting to six wins. Max, how, how do you size up this matchup? I, I think I think Vanderbilt is going to have to have their best offensive game. I think this is th- this is one where I, I see Vanderbilt having to score in the thirties at least to win. And actually, I think we're going to get to talk to Coach Mason instead of Max. No offense to Max, but Max is now answering the phone with Coach Mason coming on. Game uh, will kick off, by the way, at 6.30 down in Oxford. Let's let's head over to West End. Uh, we've got limited time. Let's bring in Vanderbilt head football coach Derek Mason. Coach, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Sorry, guys. A little under the weather. Just trying to trying to get to the other side. Uh-oh. What are you, <laughs> what are you battling? A little cold? Uh, you know, a little stomach virus. I mean, it's been going through oh. my team. Oh, no been going through my team uh and uh you know we we've i, I keep telling those guys you know man, wash your hands uh you know hydrate <laughs> take care of yourself and then all of a sudden i look up and and, and i'm the recipient <laughs> sounds oh, like no. me talking to my seven-year-old and, and i also say get out of my face man i don't want what you get oh no bring doubt. that stuff home from school no doubt no doubt <laughs> well congratulations on, on the victory over northern illinois you guys Get Thank your you. first win of the season overall. What what did you make of the game? You know, I I, I thought we got off to a fast start uh, offensively, and, and you know, defensively got some stops, played well early in special teams, and and then we hit we we hit that low, we hit that bump. Uh, man, we got to be better. But this team, you know, man, showed some grit. You know, in this ball game, Northern Illinois, you know, man, made a run. Uh, I, I I thought we should have stretched this game out, but Northern Illinois came back, and you know, when we needed to. Uh, actually stand up and make plays, you know, I mean, they did. We we wound up getting a defensive stop, you know, with a sack. Uh, we wind up, you know, getting the ball back on special or, or getting the ball back, uh, you know, meant to possess it and then needed to close it out uh, with a first down, and we did. So it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. But, but two weeks from now, hey, I mean, it'll still be in the win column, and that's what we needed. You had Keyshawn Vaughn break a long one for a touchdown and it gets called back for a penalty. I guess you guys, it was just meant to be. You were supposed to score uh, because the very next play, Keon Brooks, your freshman, goes to the house. Uh, right. Don't know a lot about him, but tell us a little bit about the young man. You know, young man from Atlanta, Georgia, is extremely talented. I mean, he he's, he's flashed all camp, I know, uh, with – with Jamari Wakefield going down and, and and really looking at you know Javion Marlowe, uh, you know as he slowly works his way back, you know Keon had been had 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 an opportunity to get into games and seen some flashes, but you know you really see you know in the vision, um, and, and the speed, the explosiveness, um, and he's still got to grow in size. But this young man's going to be a tremendous talent. You'll be talking about him for years to come. I like to hear that. So I know you weren't you weren't pleased with the penalties, almost a hundred yards 
in penalties uh, other than just discussing it. How do you go about trying to, to clean that aspect up? Well, again, you know, you, you, these things that you think, uh, you know, I mean, are going away tend to rear their ugly head. And, and granted, you know, Devin Cochran made his way back. Um, and we, we had a, you know, I mean, Big Ten, you know, I mean, officiating crew. And, and granted, everybody's points of emphasis is different. That's 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 why you know I mean, once you get into the season, uh, you know it's great to be in your conference because you do understand exactly what they're calling. For us, you know we have to learn early. Hey, listen, these are going to be you know in mean, the rules. Uh, obviously, this is what they're calling. Uh, you know, here's what stands out. We had a couple of guys, and and granted, you had a hot Saturday, wet jerseys, guys' hands were hitting jerseys and sliding up. Uh, it just so happens that we were the only ones that were doing it. So. Uh, but we've got to understand what the rules of engagement are early. Let's, let's get it correct and let's move on. But that's not what you want to see uh, as we move forward, especially versus Ole Miss. We have to be on top of our game. We're playing against a team and that, that, that you know, doesn't have a lot of penalties. They don't commit a lot of penalties. And, and, and when you don't do that, you don't beat yourself. Talking to Coach Derek Mason. and Coach, you, you've coached in a lot of different places, uh, including the desert at one point out in Arizona. But i, I got to believe that that was one of the hottest games you've been a part of uh, on Saturday, just the way the, the heat was at 11 a.m. and it kept rising throughout the day. Right. You know, I mean, the heat index got to 127, uh, you know, on the field. And that's, that's pretty warm. Uh, what I saw from our guys is that, you know, we, we, don't, we don't lack for conditioning. I think the way we practice – uh, you know, under James Dobson, the strength conditioning, and and really with our uh, athletic training staff, in terms of hydration and what we do, uh, you know, I mean, guys handles it, but it was hot. There, there. My daughter, my daughters were in town. Uh, my my youngest daughter, you know, left in the third quarter. She said, "Dad, it was just too hot. I just had to go watch the game in your office." So, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I I know she wanted to come see Dad, but she said it wasn't worth the tan. So I I, I get it. <laughs> Coach, I know. Uh... Everybody's asking about this, but uh, it, it, it's interesting because we talk about this same thing with the Titans. As as you you have an array of guys that can make plays for you on offense, including uh, Cam Johnson had a really nice game for you. Yeah. He's come off of this injury, and he, he's making nice plays. So you have a lot of different – it's a good problem to have. You have a lot of guys on the field who can make plays. But then you, people will say, well, how come Pinckney's not getting the ball a little bit more, or this guy or that guy? So right. how do you try to attack this good problem and make sure – that, that it all fits together and you have the most efficient offense you, you can possibly have? Well, we, we, need, we, we need to make sure, man, that we can, we can have the most potent offense, uh, you know, on the field on any given Saturday that, 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 we're, that, that we're capable of being. And when I look at this team right now, you know, not having Pingney in the middle of the field, uh, man, and not being able to maximize that, that that's not our best ball. Um, the big three give you an opportunity, man, because of the positions that they play, for 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 people to to need to defend, uh, you know, I mean, those, those three guys. Which means that when you have other athletes around them, those guys are going to get opportunities. Um, it, whether it's you know what we do in terms of schematics, play calling, um, consistency, timing, uh, chemistry. Okay, those things got to get shored up. We're in conference play now. Uh, Pinkney's going to show up on Saturday. Um, I mean, he, I, I think he's going to have a great game. He's, he, he's heavy in the rotation, uh, and I think the middle of the field is where he's got to show up. So um, for us, uh, it's one of those things when he's on, we're better, we're scoring points, we're staying on the field. So we need him on Saturday. This is a question that I know comes up a lot because there's less and less contact that happens at practice in this day and age, even in the offseason. But 
How do you work on tackling to make sure your team tackles the best they can? You know, it's the idea of making sure, too, because you can't tackle that. There's limited contact, and, you know, for those for those who don't know, I mean, there, there, there's only, you know, one contact practice, uh, you know, I mean, full contact practice allowed. So with that being said, everything else becomes, uh, you know, what we call whiz or palms up to where, you know, guys are working to – to simulate same foot, same shoulder, and get in the hip position, you know, like to finish on a tag off. Well, that's that's as good as you can do. And granted, when the when the mechanics and fundamentals of that, you know, aren't what they need to be, well, then you start to develop bad habits. Whether it's eyes down, not running your feet through contact, those are things because we really we really don't have enough time during the off season to practice it. So when you get into the season, every practice rep matters. Every practice rep counts. And so with that being said, the only thing you can do is, is to simulate it. Well, simulation is not true action, but, you know, for us, it's got to be good enough. So we've got to be better about the mechanics, and that's, that's my focus right now. It's about what are we doing in practice? Does it look, even in the simulation piece, does it look the way we need it to look? Coach Derek Mason of Vanderbilt here with us on Darren Donick and Chase. Got Ole Miss on the road. This weekend, and Coach, when you were out at, uh, at Stanford in the Pac-12 and Rich Rodriguez, who's the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss, was at Arizona, I know you maybe crossed paths a couple times. What kind of difficulties does his offense present from a defensive standpoint? Well, it's, it's an offense that's predicated on running the football. And, you know, whether it's tempo, uh, whether it's the, the, the athletes that they have, he generally has a dual-threat quarterback who can who – can, you know, make your pay when when uh, I was at Stanford. It was uh, Foles, Nick Foles, and and you know he Nick was not a runner, but he ran enough. Uh, you know, as they progressed, and you know, like he was able to get to guys like Khalil Tate. Uh, you know, I mean, it looks a little different. I mean, he's been able to coach some pretty good ones, and now you know, I mean, and Plumley, uh, you know, I man, who who actually played against Alabama on Saturday. Uh, you 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 see how dynamic. Uh, that offense can be. I mean, it's predicated on being able to, you know, RPO, zone read for the quarterbacks, some some plunge, some split zone, uh, you know, in there in terms of the run game. But the quarterback run game really keeps you, you know, off balance because you have to be able to guard 11 guys when generally when you're playing against an offense, you're you're really only guarding 10. So now with playing 11 on 11 football, it's true one-on-one. And so your fits have to be right. Uh, the, the the fits in the run game have to be right, and you have to populate to the football in order to have success versus his offense. Coach, I hope you get past uh, dealing with a little stomach bug and uh, get down to Oxford and uh, get yourself a second win, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much. I'm working on it. Let's anchor down. All right. That is Derek Mason Vanderbilt, head football coach, 630. Toughing it out. I, I, don't, it out. I don't know if I could do it. Say it's going around the room. Interviews and stuff. Stomach, man, that knocks me out. My stomach's out. I am it's, down for the count. It is, I know. It, well, it can. It can definitely yeah. knock you uh, down for the count. Uh, but they will be 630 under the lights is kickoff for that contest. Vanderbilt Ole Miss. Right now the Rebels, uh, from what I've seen, about a, what, a touchdown favorite? Six to seven points I've yeah. been seeing. We'll come back. More of Darren Donnie and Chase live here at Centennial Sportsplex next. It's pretty interesting that we had Mookie Betts bring us back from the break. Willie, I'm sure you saw this, but Red Sox president saying keeping J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts is going to be really difficult. A lot of money. Lots of money.
Money, 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 money. But I'll tell you what, if Nashville was indeed going to get an MLB team, oh. <laughs> could you imagine? That would be awesome. Their wow. first big signing, you think that would make yeah. sense? Mookie would be about 35 <laughs> by then. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that long. I'm saying if. Yeah. If that was just around the corner. I, I do wonder what what could – what are the next five years going to uh, to hold with that? You know, will baseball announce this expansion? Will there be something definitive on the A's and the Rays? I will guarantee you tomorrow night during the broadcast that gets addressed. What's the long-term future for these franchises? Not that they aren't great organizations, but yeah. at some point you got to get the stadium thing resolved to, right. to really be able to compete. Imagine I, if the A's and the Rays had more resources, what I, they could do. They I'll won 97 you, games, 96 games. I'll tell you guys a funny story. So I get to Tampa Wednesday night, and we're in the Uber, and we we are we see off in the distance the Trop in St. Petersburg and start talking about the Rays and, and all of that. And the Uber driver is sitting there trying to convince us that, oh, well, you know, it's really not that bad. I mean, yeah. it's actually a nice stadium. And I'm looking at my friend Ricky, and I kind of go, yeah, I've been to it. It's been to better. It's not good. It's oh, not good. That, that was being very nice. Yeah. It's not that bad compared to what? what? Right. I mean, to Oakland? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah, better true. than Oakland. Yeah, yeah I would It's give... not much better than Oakland. <laughs> not much. I mean, Oakland, at least if it's a nice day outside, you can be outside. Tampa, you're you're shut in there. You're in the yeah. wind tunnel. It's just, it's just old. It's just I want to ask you guys this. I was looking. Mark Benda has been sending out from News Channel 5. He's the program director over there of the television ratings in this market for sporting events for many, many, many years. And we've been using those as kind of reference points for decade plus of just what people are watching in this market. And so I've paid, as Willie knows, very, very close attention to that over the years. And the latest came out. Titans-Falcons, number one in this market, 24.9 rating. Cowboys-Saints, Sunday night, second, 17.0 rating. Vikings-Bears, 15.8 rating, third. Eagles-Packers, Thursday night, 12.2 rating. Bears-Redskins, 7.3 rating. Hmm. Now, I get a bad game. I get that was a bad for a game. bad game. Tennessee didn't play. Last so was night. It? Last wasn't night like it was, was Tennessee game. and Georgia. Yep. You had Vanderbilt, Northern Illinois, 11 o'clock. So I get it. So it wasn't a really, really attractive board at all. I get it. But I know that college football in the past has found their way into this top five. And sometimes right there hovering at the top as the most watched. Well, definitely with the CBS 230 game, for sure. And this year – been it's been a struggle so i ask you guys this why why i mean like i said maybe this one it's pretty easy to explain vanderbilt out of conference game no tennessee tennessee georgia may change all that let's have this conversation this time next week but why do you think i mean two of those nfl games bears vikings bears redskins uh were not attractive games to watch yeah unless you really, really love defense. I, I think it's still a league where the masses still enjoy watching the league. The, the, the college football, I think, will come around some when you start getting better matchups. The, the 230 CBS game has Alabama as a huge favorite 
a couple of times already against South Carolina and against Ole Miss. I'm trying to think of the other 230 games that they've had. It just hasn't been. Well, here's another part of it, though. What they haven't you, had the big matchups yet. What now, you, what? Did, how did Georgia, like Georgia against uh, Notre Dame? Didn't show up. It wasn't on wasn't the on top there. five. One in the top five. That was not in the top five. Isn't that unbelievable? That is that is very surprising to me. That was that two a, weekends a ago, time. though. That was two weekends two. ago. Actually, I think it did show up. It had to be in the yeah, top five. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was, was prime time, five. too, CBS. That's yeah, definitely that was on there. In, that was in the top five. Okay. Well, I mean, I would have been shocked. But Ohio what? State and Nebraska did not. What but that, you, that game was over I know. so quick. I know. What do you two do a lot on Saturdays? It depends. Sit at the baseball field and exactly. or the soccer right. field. I think yeah. a lot of people do things on Saturday, whereas Sunday but, you're but they sitting did, on the couch. They did that before. I mean, it, has that really changed? Well, I mean, eh, no, but you can watch on your phone. I don't know how ratings works for like watching on devices. You know, if you're, that is if a you're good watching, question. if you watch if you're a game watching on, on your like phone. your iPad or your phone, I don't think it. I don't think it shows up in the Nielsen ratings. That is it. That is it. That would be an interesting study to do. Is there there have to be some fans? And because I'm one of them, I, I was watching the Vanderbilt game on my phone while I was yeah. watching my son play baseball. Well, the way the networks will measure it and release it themselves, but it's proprietary data, so we only see what they release. But ESPN does this a lot with streaming and watch ESPN. It's called total audience delivery. But we don't always see that for individual games. They only kind of put it out when they want to brag about a big number. But it definitely doesn't count in the true TV number, like you're saying, Chase. Right. It, it, we we deal. I know this from the Predators. We we try to gauge both. You know, we have the ratings and we have the streaming numbers, and you try to put it all together and try to figure out exactly what what is your audience. But it, and we know that as we go forward, it's going to be more and more important that you try to quantify who's watching and right. you want to make it available for people that are out and about to be able to watch, right, on right. your phone or on your computer. Well, there's so many ways to watch or listen, right? Whether yeah, it's radio well, or television, yeah. and so now they have the task of trying to figure out how do they give them credit, right? right? For and and how does all the, of that, right? So and and how does the consumer get it and get it as economically as they can, right? We come back. We think we uh, will have the captain, Roman Yossi, sit down with us. Hope on the other side of Darren Donick and Chase here at Centennial Sportsplex, ESPN 1025 The Game. Back here on Darren Donick and Chase, live here at Centennial Sportsplex, ESPN 1025 The Game. Now joined by the captain, Roman Yossi, has decided uh, to uh, eat a quick lunch after practice and then come out here and hang out with us. So we appreciate that. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? JRT is your hat. That uh, you got a little free lid from a teammate. Yep, Brian Trance and Journey Risk too. It's a it's a little company back in Vancouver, and okay. uh, he gave us some free stuff this morning. Very nice. Yeah, some free swag. How was the food back there? How was the spread? It was good, really yeah. good. We had a little food truck. Uh, oh yeah, some burgers. It was good. Oh, very nice. Any yeah. street corn at all? Uh, no, no just burgers corn. and fries. Okay, That's, that'll still work, right? <laughs> Sure. That'll get it done. Yeah. Uh, let's just say a hearty congrats, by the way, to you uh, this off season. Thank you. Wedding, getting yeah. married, went on a little safari. How was that? It was fun. It was uh, it was awesome. Um, that, that had to have been a first, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, my family's been, and they they told me how awesome it is. And um, we, yeah, my my wife loves animals, and um, I love animals. So we we figured it'd be would be a good trip to do after the wedding. Yeah, it's cool, and and we're a big fan of animals on the show too. But we want to keep a safe distance from like lions <laughs> right, yeah. and tigers and elephants and oh my but yeah i took we took our son to animal kingdom to disney world this year first time and they've had you know obviously a scaled down safari version there at animal kingdom and it's really cool but so what was that like it was cool because it was cool because you you see those animals uh in their natural habitat right like they're um and it's actually pretty pretty funny how you're in the car but the car is not covered at all and they they kind of just don't acknowledge the car like it's like normal for them so they still do their own thing kind of and you're just watching them doing yeah doing what they do and it's uh, it's pretty cool like we saw some real fun stuff like what was an animal that stood out to you uh the leopard was cool yeah um did he get really close yeah they were yeah they were a couple feet away from the car really just laying there and um you, you're not supposed to move on the car and one time somebody behind me actually moved and the leopard kind of stood up and like looked me, like I sort of looked me straight in the eyes and <laughs> started hissing. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> I was like, "Drive away!" But that was kind of scary. That's when you realize like yeah. they're, they're wild animals, so you got to be careful. But but it was it was awesome. Like we saw so many cool things, so many cool animals. Now, did you stay out in it like a hut, or how does that work? Where did you stay? Uh, we stayed in like different different camps, and we um, the last one was like a tent. Uh, the one the second one was kind of a tent, um, little lodge, and the first one was a lodge. So it was, they were all a little bit different, but really cool setups. But they're still out there in you know the wild, right? Yeah, they're in the middle of nowhere. So wow. it's just that camp. It's it's pretty awesome. It, it was cool to see the picture of the meerkat just like leaning up against you <laughs> while yeah. you're just sitting there on Instagram. I th- I was like, they just ran right up to you. Is that- yeah, I, I guess they're used to that uh, there. That there's a lot of people around always, and and. Yeah, they were pretty funny. The meerkats are—they're trying to look out for, for predators like birds and stuff. And so they—they they sometimes one even went up, up on my shoulder, was trying to see if if somebody's trying to attack him. So it was pretty—it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, we got to ask this one. So, two years in a row, you guys have ended the preseason in Raleigh in an overtime win, <laughs> with Joey finishing things off. And we don't in walk in baseball. It's a walk off, as you know. Yeah. You're a baseball fan, but it can't be a walk off in hockey. I guess it's a skate off. <laughs> yeah. So was that discussed at all at any point before the game, during the game, going into at any point was that discussed of Joey? You got to do what you did last <laughs> year. No, I don't think it was. Well, I was. I didn't play. I, I know but, you didn't play, but I. I you're the captain. We, yeah. You know everything that's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, we we didn't talk about it honestly. Um, no? I saw it too, and I was like, it was so funny because it was the best. Last year was kind of like I was on. I remember I was I was on the ice and I was, was kind of celebrating. Say, you played last yeah, year, right? I was celebrating. I was like, where's Joey? And <laughs> like nobody really knew what's happening. <laughs> and I think this year, once once he scored, everybody knew he's gonna go for that for that door again. I wonder if some of the younger guys who weren't a part of that last year, if they had any idea or if they were just laughing, going, "Oh my gosh," because. Like you, we were just all just cracking up at yeah. watching this. It was like you know Groundhog's Day. The same thing happened. I know, I know. It, it was pretty funny. I don't know if the the young guys. I'm sure they knew from last year because it was yeah. it was a pretty funny story last year. Roman Yossi at the table with us. So, what did you make of the six preseason games 
here at camp. Uh, you've got some new look faces. So what do, what do you make of everything to this point? Um, I thought it was a really good camp for us. Um, uh, obviously, the, the results don't matter as much, but uh, I think winning hockey games always gives you a little confidence. And um, I thought we, we played some, some really good games, and even the practices where guys worked hard. So uh, it, was, it was a good camp. Matt Duchesne in the mix. Uh, how has his presence been felt? He's been great. Um, I mean, he's obviously an unbelievable player, but he's a, he's a great guy too. Um, yeah, it took him very little time to be to be a huge part of this team. He's an, he's an awesome guy around the room. He's, uh, he's great on the ice. He's going to be a huge help for us. Roman, you guys have, uh, the last few years, you know what your expectation level is and uh, – how did you try to use last year as motivation, and as particularly as the group talks about it? Is it, is it turning the page, or is it kind of using that as, as having the chip on your shoulder to, to drive you? Um, well, I think I think you're trying to turn a page. Uh, every year, every year is new, and there's always there's always new guys on the team. And um, uh, yeah, you, after a long summer, you're just excited to get back to play hockey. And obviously, um, we didn't finish the year like we wanted to last year, but um, but it's a new year. I think we have a a really good team, a really deep team, and there, there's a lot of confidence in in our room, and we're just excited to get going, and um, yeah, excited for this year. What have you noticed from Dante Fabro? Because it, he is, he's impressed us uh, the way he carries himself. He looks really calm on the ice. Are you seeing those same things? Because it looks like he's going to have more responsibility this year. Yeah, he's he's real calm. I thought, I mean, he looked calm last year in the playoffs, and it's not easy to to uh, be thrown in, into into playoff games as a young kid and he I thought he played really well and yeah same thing for this camp he's just uh, he's a great guy he he works really hard he's he just does his thing kind of on the ice and he yeah he looks like he's been playing the league for a long time because he's so so calm at the puck and he's never out of position never makes a mistake so he's he's going to be a big part of our success this year now you you guys are full steam ahead I noticed they've just uh They've just put out the, the roster, the, everybody's cleared waivers and everything like that, and you guys are set to go on, on Thursday. And around the league, all of these RFAs have, have now signed. I know that, that you probably get tired of, of being asked this and stuff, but everybody knows that what the, the team would like to do is create a long-term situation with you. I'm guessing you're not going to give a scoop on the air here today. <laughs> but we will but, take uh, it if you will. If you would like but, to but, announce that, that'd yeah. be great. But I'm hoping that everything is, is, is moving <laughs> and at, at some point it'll – It'll get done. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I understand it's a it's a topic, but um, uh, like I said before, I'm I'm for me it's it's just another season. Like I'm trying to focus on my hockey game, I'm trying to get ready for the season, uh, having a good camp, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I can do. And as as these rosters get announced, the the predictions start coming out. It's so interesting. There's so many teams in the, in the West and really in the East as well, but. There's so little that separates the the first team from the fifth team from the tenth team, and it's such a challenge. Uh, just just to get back to the playoffs is is not something you can take for granted. Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many good teams in this league, and uh, every every game you play is hard. So um, yeah, I think the first goal has to be to to make it in playoffs. And obviously, our division is a real tough division. A lot of a lot of teams with with a lot of good pickups this summer too. So um, it's going to be another hard year. But um, yeah, we're ready for it. Roman Yossi, the captain, here with us. And you talked about Dante Fabro earlier, and we know PK moves on to New Jersey, and that's going to open up in the defensive room for you know, all of you guys to, to step up and fill that void. What have you seen so far, not only out of yourself, but Ryan Ellis, Matias Eckholm, Dan Hand, you see others in the, in, on the defense? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, 
I've played with these guys for for a long time, especially Ellie and Akon. We kind of came up together, and um, uh, I mean they look really good, like uh, like like they always do. And um, I think Eki, with the year he had last year, obviously uh, he he's going to be even better this year. And Ellie had a great year, and he's going to be great too. So we I think on defense we had a lot of depth with Hammer. Uh, Webby, uh, Matt Irwin, all these guys. Um, yeah, we've we've been together for for a while now, so the chemistry is really good on our in our decor. Now we uh, talked a lot last year about the power play. Dan Lambert comes in as another assistant to to try and help you guys. Saw some some success in the preseason. You feeling pretty good about how that's going so far? Yeah, um, I we worked on it a lot this camp. Uh, we had a lot of practice where we worked on the power play and um yeah uh dan lambert is uh he's he's really good he he demands a lot of the power play um it's good it's intense we we work on it hard on practice in practice and obviously we had some success in the games with which definitely helps and uh, it's going to give us some confidence going forward i asked lavi this question when we had him on last week but with not a ton of changes on the team but duchene is is a new voice lambert is a new voice a couple of others when you've been together for so long as a core group is that beneficial to to just be able to lean on some some other voices that haven't been in this room before? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think new ideas are always good. Um, I think as a player, as a as a team, you're always uh, looking for new things that you, you're looking to get better. And um, I think it's great to have some some different input uh, from from other guys that've been in in different teams, uh, been in the league for a long time, and, um, and coaches too that have been in other places. I think it's uh, it's only beneficial for the team. How do you think that you have grown personally as the captain of this team? Um, well, I think I've learned a lot the last the last two years uh, being the captain. Um, I think the the first year and the second year were a little different. First year was kind of smooth sailing all regular season. We played really well. Um, didn't end, didn't end the way we wanted in playoffs, but last year was a little different. There was a lot of up and downs, and I think um, you can learn something. Uh, especially me as a captain, I can learn something from from the wins. I can learn something from the losses. So you just kind of learn how to deal with different situations. Now we got to ask Roman if you watch. I'm sure you did the Wimbledon final with your man <laughs> Roger Federer. One of the best matches I think I've ever seen. He, he he came up a little short against Djokovic, but it was an incredible match to watch. Where were you when you watched it? I was at home. Um, that was the week of my, of my wedding, the week before my wedding, and okay. um, at. Uh, four or five of my best friends from Switzerland that I grew up with were here. So for us, <laughs> that's like Federer playing in the Wimbledon final, and uh, they all came over to my house, and um, we did a little brunch, uh, watched the game, and it was, yeah, it was disappointing. But he, I mean, he played unbelievably. He should have won that game. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, the, the match point he had, you know, yeah. that's the beauty of tennis is it's not over until you win yeah. that last point. He had the match point he a couple did. of times there. But it was a uh, yeah, it was a it was a sad day for us. We were <laughs> <laughs> we were pretty sad. We we take it serious when he loses the Wimbledon final. It's it's um, we get sad for a couple of days. Just an incredible guy. Doesn't athlete. age. Yeah, he's it's incredible. He looks the same as he did ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, he's unbelievable. I don't know how he doesn't. Uh, speaking of Switzerland, the Flyers are over in Switzerland, so you need to you know work on getting you guys over to Switzerland. You're That'd the be captain. Fun, yeah. Winter Classic this year, and then yeah. Switzerland. Yeah, no. year. I know that would be fun. I would love that. Right? That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Would be a cool experience going excited, back to Bern. Excited about the Winter Classic? Definitely, yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's got to be a cool experience to play outdoors. Yeah, you, for sure. You, I don't know if you ever have coming up through the ranks. Um, yeah, when I was younger, but um, definitely never in, in an arena like that. And um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, all the guys are really excited, and I think um, yeah, you watch all those Winter Classic games the the past years, and you never know when you when you get a chance again to play in one. So we're we're definitely going to enjoy it. 
since you're from Switzerland, hot or cold? You're a hockey player. You went on a safari. It's 98 degrees today. <laughs> hot or cold? Um, probably hot. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I don't mind the heat. Really? I like it. Yeah. I, I like the cold too because I, I used to, and now I don't ski anymore. But I used to ski growing up, and so I like the winters in Switzerland too. But um, yeah, right now I can ski, so probably hot. All right, good stuff. Hey, yeah. thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for we'll, having uh, me. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. The Captain Roman Yossi, we do appreciate him stopping by the table. We will come back and wrap up the show next here at Centino Sportsplex on Darren, Donnie, and Chase, ESPN 1025, The Game. Thank you, David. Really appreciate uh, Roman Yossi for popping by our table before he gets out of here. Team was doing a little bonding after practice. The because now, now they know the roster. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So – you're hesitant to do a lot of that stuff before you know who's going to start yep. the season. But now the good news is everybody cleared waivers. They didn't lose any of the players. Nope. And it's, so they're still in the family. They're still available. But now this is the group. There's no There's more. No more uncomfortable, hey, i got to talk to you. Coach needs to see you. So Steven uh, Santini and Mika Salamaki have been sent to Milwaukee. Okay, and so right now they're going to have their opening night roster consist of 22 players, 14 yep. forwards and seven defensemen, two goaltenders, okay? So what do you make of what opening night will look like Thursday night as they host the Wild? Um, what did you guys make of, of the final roster coming out? Well, the, the final roster is probably uh, not overly surprising, not, not any yeah. big surprises in there. I think uh, maybe it's a little bit of an upset that they did not keep Santini and Salamaki. I think people... That was might, surprising. Might have had those guys, but those are we knew they would be among the group of the tough decisions. The, you know, the ninety percent of the team you kind of knew. Today they did some interesting uh, things at practice where they moved Kyle Turris back to center, and they had him with Grimaldi and Yarncroke. They put Craig Smith up on the line with Johansson and Arvidsson, and they did keep Forsberg together with uh, Duchesne and and Mikhail Granlund. So these are all things that, you know, I've learned over the few years. Because they do it on Tuesday doesn't mean it'll right. be like that sure. even tomorrow at practice, let alone Thursday for the game. But uh, I think that will be where we focus a lot of things is how will they start? Where will they start all the pieces here? Now that you know what the pieces are going to be, um, they did have Sissons, Benino, Watson together, the, yep. the, the line that has been very effective over the last few years now. Fabro with Ekholm. Fabro with Ekholm and Yossi back with Ellis. So. Irwin and Carr were considered the extras. Right. And that that would be – I would be surprised if either one of them is in the lineup on Thursday unless somebody gets hurt before so, then. Do we think when they drop the puck Thursday night, is Jofa together or do they split them up? I think they're split up. I think that they're going to keep Forsberg with Duchesne to start. Yep, I, I think, think so, so too. too. I think to start off, that's, that's going to be the look, that second line. But, but Shane just centering the second line. The question would be, where is, where are Kyle Turris and Craig Smith best served? That that, that's probably the, the key question. I thought honestly, and I still think. Uh, that, by the way, I know that, that does not change my mind. What you said, I, I think for purposes to start out, because I think they truly want to get him going and start off. Uh, the right way, I think he's going to be 
Kyle Turris will be up there on that first line with Arvidsson and wing. Joe Hansen on the wing. And I, I just think they're going to try to get him going out of the gates. And I think uh, what they've been tinkering with in, in preseason, uh, they will tinker with early on in the regular season. That's just my two cents. That's that's I, the feeling I get. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to, to succeed. Because but, they, they but want you got to win in the meantime, though, right? Yeah, I mean, that's do. You hope that you have the luxury of tinkering with some stuff while you still are gaining points, uh, what what becomes a problem is you're you're doing this, and at the same time, maybe you struggle a little bit. That that's where you get into a, a hairy situation. So, uh, you know, on paper, it, you got four home games, and you've got a few. You got some teams that do not look like powerhouses, right? The first two games, the Wild and the and the Wings. That being said. The Wings have had the Predators' number for whatever reason. I don't know. Since Lavi's been here, they might beat the Wings, what, one time? It's, well, yeah. it's unbelievable. Luckily, they don't have Peter Morazic anymore. That's part of the issue, okay. <laughs> it, but still, they only the, last year they didn't beat Whose him. career record against the Predators is 8-0 with a shutout. 8-0. Mm. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Peter Morazic. Mm. But so, at the same – so I, I, we'll see how they get out of the gate. They're, as Roman said – the results of the preseason games don't mean anything, but they played well in the preseason, right? Yeah. Whether they won or lost the games, they, they had they, going going to Carolina with some of the secondary players they had and winning that game was pretty good. They almost pulled off the road win in Tampa with the same kind of thing. So their depth, I think, uh, they have to feel good about, and also that when they the, the guys that they did put in there all played well enough to uh, to show some good things. So now it's time to get it started for real I'm, I'm telling you they're just there's a there's a vibe i get off them right now roman had it we talked about it last week with peter laviolette that there's just this determination that i'm not saying they haven't been determined in the past but there's just something different this year that they're ready to get this going and i i like the makeup of this team and i've seen so many tweets of people saying how loaded milwaukee's going to be with all the depth that they have down there that they could bring up whenever they need it I was looking at Scott Burnside, who put out his power rankings for this season going into the regular season. He has Tampa, number one team in the league, Boston, the number two team in the league, Toronto, the number three team in the league. That is all one division. Mm. Washington, four, Vegas, five. First Western Conference team, not until five. Calgary, six. I do not agree with that. Nashville, seven. San Jose, eight. Colorado 9, St. Louis 10. So basically the Western Conference and a lot of the Predators division 5 through 10 in his power rankings. thought was noteworthy as we get out of here. We mentioned none of the Predators players were claimed off of waivers. There were very few teams that selected somebody off the waiver wire. So I'm sure every team was sweating, hey, we don't want to lose these guys. We like these guys, these last couple cuts. I think there were only two, and they were not big names at all that were uh, grabbed off of waivers. That'll do it for our coverage here from Centennial Sportsplex. Appreciate, once again, Roman Yossi for joining us here in the final hour. Have a great rest of your hot day. We will talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. See you then.